Hello, and welcome to the podcast where our goal is to remind you that amidst the chaos and craziness of the world, there is still plenty of good that's worth shouting about. In each episode, we're going to be joined by nonprofit professionals, leaders, experts, and advocates to hear their stories, facilitate connection within the nonprofit sector, and hopefully put a smile on your face, because that's always nice. This is Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes. Let's share some good. Well, hello there, and welcome to yet another installment of Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes. I'm Matt. Matt from Rogue, if you're looking for me online. And with me again is my assistant, Tiffany Pope. Hey, guys. Hey, Tiff. (laughs) So we're dead in the middle of August. It's hot because, you know, we're in Southern California and we finally turned that corner into the crazy hot portion of the year. Yeah. And immediately regret it. Yep. Immediately like, nope, let's go back. Yep. It was better when it was raining. Yep. Actually, last week it did rain a little bit, but it was like that hot. Gross. gross. Yeah. Who likes that? Nobody likes that. Mm -mm. So, yeah. And I'm sorry if you're somewhere else and it's worse in some way. Yeah. It's probably so humid where you guys are. I know. They're like, stop complaining. (laughs) Those Californians. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. So we were just talking before we, we hit record. And one of Tiff's jobs here is to keep me... Up to date on the lingo, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. you're how old? 19. 19. Okay. She came to us as a job shadow thing for school and she's just kind of, she wouldn't leave. She's just stuck around ever since. <laughs> I don't know. She won't go home. So she she helps out here at Rogue and she also helps with my kids. But part of her job is the lingo because I'm older now. I'm, I'm 44 and I don't know all the lingo. And yeah. She says things. People say things. And I'm like, what? And I feel like some of you <laughs> listeners maybe benefit from this. So without we're not going to belabor the point. But like if there are a few, you know, tidbits that you could give us so that we could feel like we know what the kids are saying these days. OK. What do you got? All right. So starting off strong, we have low key. Low key. Yeah. Not like, low key. No, not like from Marvel. Marvel. No, no. Not no. Low key. No, it's like low, low key. key. Yeah. Like keep it low key. Now, I knew that one. But then somebody on our team recently said high key and i'm like are we just what's happening <laughs> it's the opposite of low key. is it though yeah i mean like when you're talking about high key like it's like exaggerated like okay. like high key she shouldn't have done that you know okay. <laughs> all right what else? give me another one oh we say bet now <laughs> okay that's a word i'm familiar with bet but like you use it in a way you said it in a way the other day i'm like that word does not go there yeah i don't as far as i know yeah how what so a lot of kids the youth nowadays the youth we say okay bet which is like it could have just been a simple okay but we feel the need to say okay bet which like you're agreeing with what they're saying. So you're just like, adding okay, an unnecessary extra word. Basically. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is the youth of today, the future yep, of, ladies, of the world. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing extra words in there, right? Yep. Bet. Does that work there? Did that yep. work? Yeah, Bet. that was cool. That See, was... I nailed it. I'm getting this. I'm still young and hip. It's yeah. cool. Yep. Okay. Well, speaking of young and hip. Wow, how was that for a transition? Wow, that was awesome. It really helps your transition when you stop in the middle of it to point out how great of a transition it was. Anyway, (laughs) so today we've got not one, but two amazing guests. Mm -hmm. And these two, man, this might have been the most fun I've ever had podcasting. Yeah, you wouldn't stop talking about it. It was (laughs) so much fun. These women are hilarious. So we have Dr. Sharon Elephant. And it is Elephant, I asked her, because I thought it's E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-E-L-
E F A N T. So I thought, is it elephant? And she's like, no, I ain't that. I'm not that kind of fancy. <laughs> it's just, I'm, she said, I'm the elephant in the room. <laughs> so now I'm just repeating what the interview is going to be. But she is the founder and CEO of the Nonprofit Plug. And the Nonprofit Plug is a boutique nonprofit consulting firm dedicated to empowering, uniting, and developing 501c3 nonprofits. You can tell when I start reading, right? Like it just sounds like I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's okay. And she has like a ton of experience in healthcare administration and a passion for social justice and put that to use in the nonprofit landscape to really try and help people make even more of a difference. And then not only that, two for one, we get Amber Anthony joining her. Amber is also known as the strategy specialist. Ooh. And I love me some strategy. Oh, yeah. And two of these amazing women have joined forces. Amber's got this great background as a business owner and entrepreneur and I mean, very extensive, and they've joined forces to really take the nonprofit plug up to the next level. And they're just passionate about changing the world, but they are also passionate about having a good time doing That's it. Awesome. They're very hilarious, very entertaining. And so you're definitely going to want to take some notes on this one because there's, there's some good stuff in here. So we will be right back with Sharon Elephant and Amber Anthony right after this. Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes is brought to you by Rogue Creatives. Did you know that your brand has a personality all of its own? Well, it does. Or it should. But maybe it doesn't. How do you know if it does? Here's what you do. Ask yourself, does the way you describe your organization match the way you describe your branding? Because it really needs to. Why? Because people don't connect with organizations, they just don't. They don't feel connected to them. They, they feel connected to characters. They feel connected to personality. So it's super important that your brand has a personality that connects with the right people to bring them into your story. And that's what Rogue Creatives is all about. We've developed our very own process called the Strategic Storytelling Framework to define your brand personality and create a brand foundation that will make sure your organization has that main character energy that connects with others and pulls them right into your story. And by the way, it works. And we got the receipts. Our nonprofit clients have seen incredible increases in giving that have allowed them to help even more people and make the world a better place. Get started today by visiting roguecreatives.com slash NPC. That's NPC for Nonprofit Connect. You can schedule a free brand consultation and take our free online brand character quiz. And we all know that everybody loves a good online quiz, especially when it's free. So get over there and do that because it's it, why not? Why wouldn't you? You love it. It's going to be fun. That's roguecreatives.com slash NPC to begin defining your brand character today. There's no commitment or risk for you at all. And honestly, we just can't wait to meet you. We, we kind of think we could be good friends. I think we could hang out. You could buy us lunch. We can help you with your branding and talk about the shows we're binging or whatever. It'd be nice. Rogue Creatives. Seriously, creative storytelling. All right. On with the show. All right. Well, I have two guests with me today, Dr. Sharon Elephant. Elephant, just like the animal. Oh, just like the animal. I was trying to avoid saying it like the animal. I know. <laughs> Nobody wants to say the real thing. And I'm like, I'm not that classy. It's elephant. <laughs> Dr. Sharon. I'm elephant. the elephant in the room. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> very, very nice. And you brought a guest with you. I do. I have Amber Anthony. She is the strategy specialist and the CFO and COO for the nonprofit plug. Awesome. Well, welcome both of you. We always start with some random questions because we want to get to know you a little bit. So we have a whole list of random questions and then we use a randomizer to choose three of those. So 
double random. We like weird, so they better be weird. And I love sampling, so let's go. <laughs> financial financial data badass, like freaking the sheets right here. <laughs> All right. I like you guys already. This is great. Well, let's start with this first question was, what makes you laugh the most? Her obsession with Excel spreadsheets, everything in life has to be put on an Excel spreadsheet. So if we're talking what makes us laugh the most professionally, definitely yeah, the, spreadsheets. the spreadsheets. Spreadsheets usually are hilarious. They're yes. hilarious. Yeah. Mostly because I can't understand them and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but they keep me laughing. Give her five hours, you'll be a pro. <laughs> Amber, what's your answer? I would probably say spreadsheets as well. <laughs> so no matter where we are, no matter whether I've just met you, yeah. within five minutes. Put it I, on a spreadsheet. Yeah. We're going to start columns. We're going to start adding values. We are going to get to the bottom of this. Yep. And we're going to laugh while we do it. And oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious because it turns into a rabbit hole for hours. <laughs> and then there becomes quite the solution, though. Yes. The solution is always on the other end. Always. <laughs> well, perfect. Okay. See, this is already the most unique interview I've had. All right. We knew it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach for me, too. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Chase, that's what makes me think of. Yep. Beach. What makes you think of what? Part of their family owns a Mexican restaurant called Miches for Beaches. <laughs> Miches before Beach. Oh, before <laughs> Isn't that exquisite branding? <laughs> Leave it to me to fuck it up. <laughs> it's a ceviche spot and they have the most incredible micheladas. Okay. And so obviously we've been obsessed with it. And this whole past week, for whatever reason, it has been like the main topic of discussion. And we talk about putting it on a spreadsheet. Miches before beaches. Perfect. Good, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can only listen to one music artist or band for the rest of your life. Who is it? Too short. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> Gosh, that's a good one. I got to say Tina Marie. Ooh, I'm that's going with Tina one. Marie. I think between and Tina Marie were covered. There you go. There's a tour in there somewhere, I'm sure. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get into this. Tell me about your background, your origin story. How did you end up doing what you're doing? And what is it that you're doing? Sure. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good question because it actually is quite unique. So we are the nonprofit plug. We also go by the business plugs. The nonprofit plug started as a consulting firm for people in the nonprofit sector. Our primary service is to help people start nonprofits. That's actually our specialty is formations and incorporations. Our specialists with all the IRS paperwork, state paperwork, we guarantee your approval with the IRS. So that's our main focus area. And then we also specialize in annual compliance for nonprofits, financial management and accounting, board management engagement, grant writing services. We are literally the one-stop shop for everything nonprofits. Our tagline is, we'll get you plugged in in all the right places. There you go. I like how you turned a corner there from very lighthearted to like down to business like that. I just went from too short to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. <laughs> to, to federal compliance. To federal compliance. And guarantee. Too short to federal compliance. That's your new tagline right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. yeah. I think that's what makes us so unique because we are very lighthearted. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. We are so passionate. What we do just lights us up. Yep. And so, I mean, I'm sure you're feeling the enthusiasm through the screen, <laughs> literally. But with that said, you know, we do get down to business. We're mm -hmm. very serious, obviously, not just because it's our reputation, but it's because it's other people's lives. And literally federal compliance. We deal with the IRS daily, ensuring people's 
accounting records are in general guidelines that their office of attorney general and IRS paperwork and tax filings are appropriate, that they're specifically for nonprofits, their 990 filings match their data, match their story, that it's appropriate for the public. We focus on all of that. And I originally started as the nonprofit plug. It was sort of a joke nickname in Los Angeles because people were kind of coming to me for resources and connections. And I was like, okay. And people were like, oh, Sharon, you're the plug. My family thought I was dealing drugs. So I was like, oh, well, okay, let me clarify. <laughs> it's the nonprofit plug. And then it was hilarious. I met Amber in a gym at 5 a.m. in a parking lot lifting weights. Because <laughs> couldn't go inside. <laughs> and we were like, I don't know how it came up, but probably one of us said Excel spreadsheets. And then we just ever since then have had the best connection. And her tagline or nickname is actually the strategy specialist and has been ever since I've been the nonprofit plug. And we were like, damn, that's a solid collaboration. And I'm nonprofit meets for profit. And we're sort of merging those mindsets. And that's kind of how we came together. And now we're just trying to build out and offer all sorts of resources and support to really both worlds with our primary emphasis on nonprofits, but then looking at for-profits and helping them ensure they have the social impact arm. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's really great. Let's start with Sharon. What led you to this? Why did you end up doing this? So I grew up in Corvallis, Oregon, of all places. My family's from the Bay Area and then moved to Oregon. And that's where I came along. And I grew up with the concept. It's kind of the foundation for the Jewish culture called Tikkun Olam, means to heal the world. And it just really resonated with me and my family and all of the community service we do growing up and this open door policy with our family and with our community that it's ingrained in my character. And so my academic career is pretty much all community oriented, my undergrad, my master's, my doctorate, it's all community based on every sort of level. And so while I was working with the community, I was like, man, how can I find a way to monetize talking to people, helping people, helping the community, but also so I can get an income too and feed myself and my family and friends. I was like, how do I put it together? And that's sort of how I originally got into it. I've worked in nonprofits professionally for over 15 years, small nonprofits to massive nonprofits to federal entities. I worked for the VA health system for a long time, partnered with many veteran service organizations, and then just kind of branched from there. And now I work with every kind of nonprofit you can think of, animal welfare, mental health, homelessness, veterans, all sorts of kind of stuff, dance ones, everything. Very cool. I can think of a few people I'm probably going to send your way for awesome. sure. Yeah. yeah. Amber, what's your origin story? How did you end up here? Oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely because she touched on the who, and that's what I think is most important, right? How we're wired in our DNA. So I grew up in a dance studio, both of my parents were entrepreneurs before entrepreneur was a hashtag, right? And to be honest with you, all I saw was the struggle. I saw the seven days a week. I saw the working constantly, the giving of time and, and literally your heart and soul. My mother was always an artistic success because she led with her heart. And so she was never able to quite convert all of her brilliance into a financial success. So that's what I saw growing up. And to be honest with you, because of that, because the family structure was just so difficult, because as I was turning into an adolescent, she was pivoting from dance studio to dance competition. So as opposed to having, you know, a dance studio where there's a schedule and she had 500 dance students, 
in a very successful studio in Las Vegas, Nevada. But one of her students' fathers talked her into a dance competition because it obviously looked like something to monetize and something very sexy. But of course, without the capital, the learning curve, the high risk, frankly, right? Because you're doing multiple shows around the country. You're flying teams out. You're dealing with weather. You're dealing with logistics and so forth. And then, of course, planning all these events before you even know who's coming to the party, right? And this is before internet. This is before Instagram. We're using traditional marketing and word of mouth. So it was slow grow, like I said, because they were bootstrapping it. So with that said, as they were doing the dance competition in my adolescence, I was very resentful around what entrepreneurship was because we didn't have health care. We didn't have a lot of things. I mean, frankly, we were poor. And so I said, well, I want no parts of this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up leaving home at an early age, at age 16. And I ran the streets for several years. And in doing so, obviously, I learned a lot about what the streets were and how critical things are in the Mm -hmm. streets. And that led me to really be a part of place of service and social services. So I ended up being a juvenile probation officer random. So I got in enough trouble as a juvenile where it didn't affect me as an adult. And then I started to pursue a career with the courts. And of course, that's fantastic, right? Because now I have the fancy city job or the Mm -hmm. county job. So I have all of the structure and peace of mind that I had wanted, you know, for my family growing up. Yeah, the stability that was missing. The Mm -hmm. stability, exactly. So and at that point, I turned into a mother at the age of 24, but I was a single mother. But again, you know, still had the stability and I was doing quite well. So imagine my surprise when I'm working at the county jail doing my OR releases (laughs) when my mother's husband. So my father had passed away from leukemia. He had been fighting leukemia for 11 years. And I hadn't talked to my mother in years. We were quite estranged. And he showed up at the jail and he said, Amber, I have an offer that you can't refuse. Your mom's dance competition is very successful. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, define successful. And he said, she needs double hip surgery. She can no longer run the company but I think you would be phenomenal. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you think that? (laughs) Right. I haven't seen you in a while. But you know what? The mission was bigger than me. And I guess I was feeling frisky. So I took him up on the offer and I lost my health care for me and my child. I took a significant pay cut. I ended up coming into an industry that I didn't know anything about. And it was operating out of my mother's basement She had three mortgages. She owed her best friend hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it was like, away we go. And I wasn't a businesswoman. But here's the cool part. I laid the foundation, fast forward 20 years, and why you understand my fascination with spreadsheets, okay? (laughs) The way that I figured out the business initially was going through the Bank of America bank statements, two years worth, getting an iMachine and getting QuickBooks desktop and teaching myself the chart of accounts and doing the bank statements and entering everything in it and looking at it from an innocent, untrained point of view, realizing, wait, this could have been done better or could it have been done better? And understanding the cash flow and just understanding the business at the cellular level by doing that exercise wild, right? Yeah. So we think it's funny and it gets us wild. No, I mean, it, it literally, <laughs> hairs are, yeah, you we're know, both like, like, we're both like, oh yeah. 
It's wild. But what's really remarkable, because obviously now we have bragging rights, right? Because, you know, some remarkable things have happened mm-hmm. over the years. So I retired my mother immediately. The business did very well. I ended up buying the business 10 years later. So at the time, I bought the other 70% mm-hmm. of the business. So we paid off our mortgages, paid off her best friend, made good on all the debt. The top line went up significantly. I bought the business. She got to travel the world. I got to learn an incredible amount of skills, right? Because now I'm a business owner and fast at the age of 25, 26. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's molded me into the woman that I am today. But another, you know, exciting takeaway, especially with social media and what have you, is me, just a normal person, was able to retire their mother at 53. Their house was paid for. She has peace of mind. You know, I have peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I have a team that's been with me for 14 years. And because I now have this skill set, one of my biggest passions is acquiring boring businesses or starting boring businesses that turn your average W-2 employee who's, you know, making a median income, let's say 50, 60 a year, right? Who wants to be their own owner operator and allowing them that opportunity, but getting them to the break-even point with the peace of mind, getting them to six figures within two years. And I've done this multiple times in different industries. So that's my biggest passion is to acquire businesses. Mm -hmm. And then if the employees come with the business, I end up making them owners. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible. I want everybody to have the same opportunity that I had 20 years ago. Of course, it didn't look shiny and attractive then. But now that I know what I know, and now through best practices and really understanding fundamentals and doing the boring work, I have proven not only myself, but the individuals in my circle over and over and over again, that you can really create the life you want. Granted, there's no Lambo in the background and, you know, we're not on a yacht right now doing this. You, Next you time. Me. But what remarkable work that we've done and that mm-hmm. we're able to do. And so that's what we actually teach. It's really focused on mindset because when we're working with nonprofits, there's just this such sense of brokenness, broken mindset, being broke, all this just like begging for for everything. And we don't like that. And I've been in every nonprofit position. I've held every single one you could possibly ever think of all the way up from starting to executive director, board members. And I, so I've seen every level and we just are like, you don't have to have that mindset. So we're changing the game, being innovative, funny. People love working with us. And so we're bringing that to the community across the country. Although we're based here in LA County, our focus is everywhere. We have clients in about 10 or 15 states and people that we like to work with. And we want to change that mindset. We want people to have the lucrative purpose-driven mindset. Well, there's so many things that I love about this. One is because there are so many people in this world who take the approach of, I went through the crap, so you should have to go through the crap. So now it's my turn to make it bad for you. It's a rite of passage. Just deal with it. And I really feel like we learn so that we can make things better for other people. We can make the world better. And you guys are both taken these experiences that you've had and gone, okay, how can we make this better for other people? How can we help them not have to go through those things so that they can get 
more quickly to where we are now, right? Exactly. Yep. Time 100%. collapsed their results. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But also tell them the real and hold them to high standards. And so that's another thing with Sharon and I, because I have a heavy background in finance and operations. And not only have I had to represent myself and my multiple entities, but I also serve as a business consultant to high net worth individuals, et cetera, right? So, you know, having to deal with a lot of compliance, whether it be workman's comp or federal filing, SOPs, anything you have to have ready to go through like an audit, perhaps. And so because I've seen worst case scenario, because forensic auditor, you know, I work with attorneys and big cases, especially, you know, corporate fights, mm -hmm. disillusions, etc. You have to be exact, your record keeping, you know, you have to follow the internal revenue code, there's interpretations, there's stress tests that have to be passed. And so I speak upon all this, and I teach it at the fundamental level. So when we have brand new founders that come in, you know, we're demystifying these complex topics mm -hmm. and we're teaching them the right way from the beginning. And obviously there are people in, especially, you know, the accounting profession or what have you, and they understand all that at the high level, obviously through their certifications and, you know, their oaths that they have to take or what have you. But at the end of the day, most accounting firms are still trading time for money at a high level, mm -hmm. right? And so to sit down and really explain, and then frankly, to have an audience that even wants to learn, all right. of this, you know, I mean, you have to have willing participants who want to be part of the process as opposed to just dumping, you know, their books in your laps and say, figure it out. And, you know, it doesn't work like that. And interestingly enough, we kind of wondered what sort of audience was out there. So we started offering free lunch and learns every single week, every single Wednesday, 1 p.m. Pacific time on Zoom. We offer a free lunch and learn. We were like, we had no idea, like, God, would one person show or what? We've had on average over 30 people every single time our class on budgets had a hundred people registered for it. And so we were like, oh, okay. And we've been doing that since June. So not even for very long. And people are loving it because we do teach it in a way that no matter what your educational background is, even if there is one or isn't one, you will understand how we teach you on every level you can come to us on, with everything. Honestly, one of my main businesses, we do creative marketing and we work mostly with nonprofits, which is why we started this. And there's a lot of nuances and things. But the main thing is, you know, people connect with personality. They connect with character, right? And so we want to make sure that whether you're a nonprofit or for-profit, doesn't matter, but especially with nonprofits, because they're so bad at this so much of the time, because again, they start on that shoestring budget and they think we're not going to spend money on branding or that type of thing. But like how much bringing that character to your brand and getting it out there helps you a connect with the right people helps you stand out and i think as you guys are talking it's so funny when you first popped up on my screen and, and you're laughing and joking around i'm thinking who are these people and what have i gotten myself into i knew you were thinking it oh yeah for sure a little bit <laughs> surprise but then you have the knowledge and the experience and the wisdom to back it up and that is so appealing because most of the time you try to have these conversations about compliance or about any of this. And it's anybody who says spreadsheets are one of their favorite things usually is followed by me falling asleep. So, yes, you know what I'm saying? Dry, like, right. It's so dry. Not that everybody has to be that personality, but I think it's when you can bring your personality into people are afraid to do that. But it helps you because people connect with people. They don't connect with a business. They don't connect with the idea of a nonprofit, great, but like what helps them connect with you? So anyway, I love that. I want to pick your brains a little bit about because you work with nonprofits, because the whole point of this podcast is really for people in nonprofits. We find that a lot of our nonprofit clients, they don't talk to other nonprofits. They don't know 
what else is out there or how other people are doing things. And as we've brought people together, it's crazy how quickly they start helping each other solve each other's problems or giving ideas. What are some of the biggest takeaways that you've had for nonprofits in particular, for them, of things that maybe they shouldn't be doing or things that they need to lean into a little bit more, whatever it might be? Sure. Well, actually, to kind of play off what you just said, collaboration is critical. It's almost imperative or why even be a nonprofit if you're not going to collaborate? I don't understand that. And so that's the biggest thing I talk about. Well, both of us actually, we talk about with a lot of nonprofits that we work with at events that we're at speaking at workshops that we do. We're starting to force people into a room together to get them to talk to each other, to collaborate. For example, we have a couple of clients that are interim housing clients. So they work with housing and provide housing for people who are homeless and they're working on getting off the street before they go into permanent housing. But they maybe don't have the funding to provide a mental health provider. Why not collaborate with a mental health nonprofit and then have them provide that service? And then you have an entire wraparound to be able to provide to your clientele and the community to impact. Why not partner with the food bank and have the food bank provide the food? Why do you need to go and try and find all these extra resources when you should be focusing on you have the housing, you have the opportunity for people to get off the street, get that collaboration, that partnership. Not only that, that's also how you get funding. Grantors, funders love, love, and I mean love to see collaboration and they will get their money to a nonprofit that can demonstrate partnerships over anyone any day. I have my thoughts, but I want to hear yours. Why do you think that people are so hesitant to collaborate? Competition. They think it's competition. And the thing that I'm discovering now that I'm in her world, so outside of just the nonprofit mindset that we discussed about it being broken, these individuals aren't really wired like business Mm -hmm. people. And so therefore, they don't understand that this is my core competency. This is what I'm good at. So therefore, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to collaborate with somebody else and out it. And so it's not competition. It's stick to what you're good at and maximize it. So they're having to do two very difficult things, I think, Mm -hmm. as a nonprofit founder is number one, they're having to change their mindset entirely about nonprofits. And then number two, they're having to become a business person. And so, for instance, the other thing that comes up in our Lunch and Learns is the immediate thing of, well, I'm doing so much, I'm giving so much. Mm -hmm. How or when will Mm -hmm. I ever be compensated? And the other day I was like, you're going to be compensated when you actually start acting like a CEO or a COO. When you start understanding how to move the needle, (laughs) when you understand your metrics. One of the guests on the podcast was talking about the same thing and said, You know, the hardest thing is he's trying to get people to change this mindset of nonprofit is a government status. It's not a job description. We talk about that all the time. I hate the term nonprofit. And I love the way you just said it. And you know what I tie it into? So there was this whole wave, right, where everybody was like, oh, if you're an LLC. No, an LLC is it's illegal designation designation. It is not a tax designation. It's still a pass through entity. A single member LLC is a sole proprietor on a schedule C. And what you just said was perfect. Yeah. That was good. It is a federal. Yep. Federal designation. Yeah. Federal designated term. But people get into it like it's a job description. And along with that job description comes, I have to sacrifice lifestyle. I have to sacrifice everything. I have to beg people for money, you know, whatever it is. 
And they don't think of, no, if I'm starting a nonprofit, I'm starting a business. And to make a business successful, I need to think that way. Yeah, I got the nonprofit status. Great. And there's some different strategies, obviously, than a for-profit in certain areas. But hire the right people. Pay them a decent wage. (laughs) And they ask us, we can hire people. I'm like, have you guys ever pulled like the public 990s? Yeah. What's a 990 on Saturday night? Because I know what I'm doing. I'm (laughs) We're looking at spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. Always spreadsheets. Match this. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys host spreadsheet parties? No, but we will. I feel like you should. I feel like that should be a thing. And then people will be shocked at how fun they are. <laughs> Actually, that would be pretty hilarious. Yeah, right? Because be people would yeah. think they're coming to some boring ass accounting thing and then they, uh, they gotcha. get that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say freaking the sheets, the Excel sheets. The Excel yeah, sheets. And I'm not going to tell you my OnlyFans idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you know, if it's changing lives, I just <laughs> that's all we want to do. We just we want to see everyone successful, whether they were meant to go that track or not. And a lot of people in the nonprofit sector, they don't come from a business sector. They come from this. I want to serve a sandwich to that person standing. I want to help. That's help. it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't understand that they can help more. The problem comes from, and there's a lot of things, and I also think ego can play into it as well because a lot of people go into nonprofit work and part of it is this, like, I've got to solve this. I've got to save people, you know, and, and that keeps them away from uh, collaboration I was as a well. homeless single mom, so I want to help homeless single moms. Which is fine and that's great, but also it can't be just on you. You've got to think bigger. And I think, great that that's your motivation, but you've got to get beyond that. And that's where that collaboration mindset comes in and looking at what do we all have? What can we do? But then also, you know, like I've done a lot of coaching with executive directors and whatnot. And it's a lot of these people who start something. They know the one thing that they're doing really well and that's it. And so they go in, they start doing this. And then 10 years later, they're like, I'm still doing the same thing every year over and over again. And I'm like, well, you're the executive director. You should not be setting up the table for homework club. You know what I mean? And it's working with them. What are you good at? What are your strengths? What are the things you need to be focused on? And how can we create systems to free you up to do that? Or if you want to be that founder that goes and sets up the homework table, you need to hire an executive director and let them do their job. That's right. But it's a different mindset. And part of it is it's a cultural thing that we got to fight because people have this terrible mindset that nonprofits should be sacrificing your whole life. And that's just ridiculous. When I want to think about something that makes me like the most proud or like the best collaboration and partnership or research I did on finding like who would be the most impactful for clients I work with, there's this nonprofit in Los Angeles called The Change Reaction. And the guy who founded it, he was like, I would call him like a real estate tycoon. He's from the real estate industry, made tons of money. Him and his family started this foundation and their mission is to provide funding to the working class individual. So the person that doesn't qualify for assistance, but doesn't make enough money if there's an emergency or something like that. And they do granting for people who maybe you need one month of rent, or maybe you need dental, or maybe you need automobile servicing or something like that. I personally alone have spent 250000 of their dollars for clients of mine. And they especially took onto us because of how Amber and I operate. And just, we tell them the real, like, these are nonprofit founders. We're trying to train them. We're trying to change their mindset. We're trying to help them impact the community. You have this foundation that wants to serve the working class and we merge 
those two so they can get financial support. And it's been cool because that nonprofit has then also partnered with some of my clients to give them more financial support, seeing how much they're doing for the community. So one of our transitional housing clients has gotten a few hundred thousand from them to help get people off the street, help them get jobs, job training, job fairs, prep for interview, anything that shows impact in sustainability impact. So helping the individual get off the street and get a job and get housing and get permanent and then thrive on their own forever. And that's why partnerships and collaborations are so critical. It's just for that because we want to see these people successful and to find a foundation like that has just been like a gem. That's amazing. I just want to see more of that. I want to see nonprofits working together and not live in that scarcity mindset of there's not enough out there. No, there's plenty out there. There's plenty. It's so abundant. It's almost kind of like WTF. I know. And can I speak to it again? Because this is brand new to me. So even though Sharon and I have been friends and we've collaborated now that I've gotten behind the curtain, you know, to see things through a different lens, her book of business is remarkable. Okay. So she has, so though she deals with many startups, her book of business, these are thriving nonprofits. Okay. I've seen the grants being written. I've seen the grants being approved and it gives me so much hope. That's why I really want to continue to collaborate and educate because once these new startups start to get this support and they're showing up and they're doing the work and they're getting educated and they're Mm -hmm. building their skills, you know, through our community, lunch and learns, et cetera, which we are making affordable, free, you know, forever and ever forever and Mm -hmm. ever, because we understand that this type of consulting, you know, just isn't obtainable at that point. I'd rather them use those funds for marketing Mm -hmm. purposes, Mm -hmm. you know, or getting out there Mm -hmm. or just their confidence building, et cetera. Right. So we understand, obviously, the cost of hiring good counsel, you know, and always being on the offense. And they're just not there yet. Hence the reason why we're doing what we do. But I lied to you not. MPP, the individuals that you've aligned yourself with. Well, I told you the other night, I texted you at two in the morning. I'm like, you know what, Sharon? I'm like, because I have a social impact arm (laughs) with my businesses, but not formally. And after seeing what the support that she's given and the education that she's given to some of these thriving nonprofits, I'm like, you know what? Once we get our ducks in a row over here and it's systemized and it's doing what it needs to do, I'm like, I want to do something big over here. Yep. And so, you know, I mean, that's how excited I am that I want to extend additional resources, mm-hmm. you know, and additional bandwidth to do something bigger only because I see proof of it, of what she's done for others and with others. I love it. Wow. I feel like I could talk to you guys forever and we would come up with probably too many good ideas. All right. Well, I really could, but we are running out of time here. I would love to ask just, is there any last thoughts or bits of like one piece of advice for people running nonprofits that you'd want to share? I would say take advantage of the collaboration, the resources, the partnerships, the availability of funding in the city. And really put yourself aside and go put yourself in front of these people and make that ask. Maybe it's an ask for diapers. Maybe it's an ask for money. Make that ask and put it all aside and ask for those collaborations and partnerships and resources. Like we are the plug. That's why we're called the business plugs and the nonprofit plug. But everyone is the plug. You can get plugged in in all sorts of areas. You just have to look and you just have to put yourself aside and go for it. I love it. That's so good. 
All right. We wrap up always with a set of rapid fire questions. Oh, no. They're easy ones, I think. All right. Here we go. (laughs) I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. I apologize now. That's all right. What is the one thing that makes you feel most connected? Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. Yeah, I figured. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, the only thing coming to mind was spreadsheets. And I was like, think of something else, elephant. And I couldn't. Yeah. Transparency. Yeah. Honestly, conversations about money. Even though they're thought of as rude or impolite, yep. conversations about how to make me feel connected. Yep. That's a whole other podcast we could do, I think. Yeah, that's a big topic. And I might have you guys back just to talk about that. How do you connect to your community? Biggest way we connect right now really is through social media, through Instagram, through LinkedIn and Facebook and these lunch and learns. And I used to be out in the community a lot and we're still doing that. In fact, on Saturday, I'll be at Crenshaw High School at It's Bigger Than Us Back to School event. And that's how we connect to people out here talking and just hearing people talk about community stuff. And we'll be like, spidey ears. Oh, nice. Yep. And for me, I'm leveraging her community and her network because Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert and I haven't built it. So another beautiful example of trusting, collaboration, building confidence Mm -hmm. in the process (laughs) so I can serve better. Yeah. Did you just say you're an introvert? Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be exhausted <laughs> after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's funny because, you know, I know her so personally and I'm like, since when have you ever been an introvert? But when I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's usually like only the two of us ever or yeah, maybe the two of us and a couple other people. And I'm like, oh, that's true. It is just us. And then we're online and I'm forcing her to do stuff. There you go. <laughs> Who in the world of nonprofits would you most like to take to lunch? Dan Fleischman. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. I'm working up. That's I'm working up my ask for that. All right. You know you who he here is? First. I've heard that name. I'm not sure. Oh, my goodness. That is the man that everyone needs to know. He's local, too. He's in the like San, San Diego-ish Diego. area. Yeah. And that guy is business savvy. He is a advocate for entrepreneurship. He is a family man. He is our idol in constantly sharing information for free. That's awesome. All right. And what in your job brings you the most joy? Oh, man. Probably all the people that show up to the Lunch and Learns and their questions that they ask. And then when they come back and tell us like, oh, my God, we made a budget. We can't wait to show you our budget. Or we had a guy uh, just this past Wednesday, he got a $10,000 grant from Nike. And every Wednesday now we ask, what was your win or biggest accomplishment? So we can hear this. And it's their wins. And for me, it's teaching them complex topics that they ordinarily wouldn't be able to master and then watching the confidence build Mm. and then watching them be able to advocate for themselves Mm. and advocate for Mm -hmm. others. And nobody Mm -hmm. even sees it coming. And they're confident and having the hard conversations and people are just blown away because they're like, Mm -hmm. hold up. They have their source documents. And yeah, Sharon and Amber, we know what a financial report is. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Percentages. Yeah. Or like, Sharon, we caught someone making a mistake in our books. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Nice. Well, I like those answers. I was expecting spreadsheets again, but... Spreadsheet built all those answers. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been very bringing me a lot of joy. This has been a great conversation. And I'm just so glad that you guys are out there doing what you're doing, especially helping these nonprofits, because I think so many of them need it. And I'm excited to share about you with Nonprofits, obviously, on the podcast here, but just in conversation with people that I know and at our events. Where can people find you? Good question. So you can find us on Instagram at the nonprofit plug. 
You can find us on Facebook at The Nonprofit Plug. Our website is thenonprofitplug.com. I think LinkedIn, we're at The Nonprofit Plug too. Awesome. Well, Sharon and Amber, thank you so much for coming today. It's been so great. Thank you so much for having us. Here we are at the end. You made it. Thank you so much for listening this far. And if you'd like to hear more from Nonprofit Connect brought to you by Rogue Creatives, well, then make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you don't miss out because you don't want to miss out. You want to be on the you want to be on the end. You know, you want to be on the inner circle. You want to know what's going on. Also, if you're interested in working with us or want to reach out or tell us how amazing we are, visit our website, npconnect.roguecreatives.com. You can get all the info there. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Well, we won't see you. We'll hear you. Well, you'll hear us. Whatever. Bye. Nonprofit Connect with Matt Barnes is hosted and executive produced by me, Matt Barnes, with an assist by my chaos coordinator, Tiffany Pope. Production is by our amazing friends over at Fame, the B2B podcast agency, along with Belinda Carter-Thompson and the team here at Rogue Creatives. Production lead is Luke Audi at Fame. Writing is by Sam Hollis at Fame and Matt Barnes and Taylor Bolanos from Rogue Creatives. Nemanja Koljaja of Fame is our audio editor and Arslan Yakub from Fame is our video editor. Creative direction is by Corey Hill of Rogue. Our artwork is designed by Hope Kelly and Joshua Marino at Rogue and Ian Salas of Fame. Theme music is composed and performed by Jared Atherton of Chapters. Luke Audi of Fame does our booking and our guest relations. Huge thanks to our amazing guest for joining us for this episode and to all of you incredible listeners for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, and I don't know why you wouldn't have don't forget to help us spread some good by giving us a good review preferably you know five stars with lots of words saying how amazing we are on whatever platform you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify whatever it is also tell your friends and subscribe so we can come straight into your potholes each and every time we have a new episode for more information about nonprofit connect or to join us at a live event here in orange county california visit our website npconnect.roguecreatives.com we'll catch you next time This has been a Rogue Creatives production.